It is Tuesday, November 3rd here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. It is election night, but we do not care about that here because this is the Fantasy Football Situation Room. I am your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, for this ride is Adam Krautwurst, and we are only interested in the candidates that might help us win some fantasy weeks over the second half of this season, right, Adam? It's getting close to the stretch. Yeah, I'm hoping to get off this stream and see that Kanye West uh, is our new president. You know what I mean? (laughs) That brings some joy to my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess we'll see. I can't get a whole lot crazier, I guess. (laughs) In this show, we're going to try to keep it non-crazy and try to get some guys that will help us win some fantasy football matchups. You know, it's time to start seeing which teams of yours actually have a chance at winning and which teams where it really matters that you win any given week and start focusing on guys that could help you long-term if you're set for this week, start focusing on guys that can help you this week if you're suddenly in trouble with injuries or whatever. Let's start at running back where one guy that everybody has been excited about is Jonathan Taylor, and especially with the second half schedule that he had coming up, that was supposed to start with the Detroit Lions. It did not. Philip Rivers said he was nicked up. Maybe that was part of it, but Jonathan Taylor has also been a disappointment. Yeah, what a what a huge miss by by me this year. I, I was I'm gonna blame the fact that I didn't get to watch him in the preseason. That's that that's what I'm gonna blame that on. But uh yeah, I had Jonathan Taylor everywhere and uh he's just been he just hasn't been good. I saw some footage this week of him just like crashing into the line of scrimmage with you know gaping holes open next to him. And apparently his vision is just terrible. So um yeah, he just he hasn't had a good year. Um, this was the moment we've all been waiting for coming out of the bye week, kind of like JK Dobbins, right? Coming out of the bye week, uh, with the backfields to himself with a great schedule, and he was supposed to explode and he just didn't. You know, I don't think he was nicked up. I don't think that was the that was the thing. I just don't think he's playing that well. So uh, but yeah, J- Jordan Wilkins, I think, is a guy here that we can we can look to add. And like you said, it's a it's a week to week thing now. You know, uh, the regular season in the main event ends week week eleven. So we're really only got a couple weeks left to try to get into the playoffs. So it's week to week. Um, you know, Jordan Wilkins is a type of type of player who showed last week he can succeed in, in this offense and he reminds me or his situation could be something like Jonathan Williams had last year I don't know if anybody remembers his name but he popped in for for like two weeks weeks 11 and 12 you know when there were some injuries in the backfield there he went for 16 and 21 for fantasy points so did nothing before that did nothing a- after that just had two weeks there for you so I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to be out by any means and again I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily even start Wilkins with a healthy Jonathan Taylor. But if Taylor goes down or if Hines goes down or whatever, um, it's a situation where where uh, one or even two of those guys can be successful. So it kind of reminds me of maybe like the, the 49er situation this year or the, the Seahawks situation this year where we, we just want to get pieces of that backfield. Um, and then with a couple weeks left here with their, with their good schedule, uh, they can hopefully uh, pop in some good weeks for you. Yeah, by the way, I will always remember Jonathan Williams because I loved him coming out of school and I am still shocked that he didn't become something in Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, he, he, by the way, is with Detroit right now and they just signed him off the Washington practice squad. Yeah. So get ready to hate Jonathan Williams pretty soon if you're a DeAndre, DeAndre Swift owner. No. <laughs> Back to the main Jonathan here, though. I mean, I'm not ready to give up on Jonathan Taylor long term, but that was some Trent Richardson stuff that they showed in that video that you just mentioned earlier. So uh, it, it's quite possible that we all kind of missed on Jonathan Taylor at this point. Again, not ready to give up long term, but definitely worried for now. 
And I think that that makes Jordan Wilkins even a better buy than the usual guy that that pops up for a game like Jordan Wilkins had against the Lions. And I mean, it's not like he had 10 carries and a touchdown. He carried 20 times in that game, 89 yards. Jordan Wilkins is a decent player. I don't think he's going to become the star. I don't think that he's an overlooked player there. But if Jonathan Taylor is letting them down and not producing, and that's been the case so far, there's room for Jordan Wilkins to take on more work. Because even if the Colts still believe in Jonathan Taylor long-term, if they're trying to win games, they're going to be more likely to give the ball to the guy that's producing better. If that's Jordan Wilkins, he's somebody that showed in college that he can play both in the run and the passing game. He's been decent for them so far. So I, I could see Jordan Wilkins being a factor down the stretch. I think that how much you bid on him on waivers this week really depends heavily on who you have on your roster. If you have Jonathan Taylor, I would be bidding heavily for Jordan Wilkins right now because you're probably depending on that Colts backfield to give you some serious fantasy points here. So you're going to want to try to lock up the whole thing, you know, whether it's Taylor who breaks out at some point or whether it's Wilkins pushing him aside in a couple weeks you want to have that guy on your team. You want to be set. So I would be bidding quite a bit to get Wilkins if I already have Taylor. If I don't have either one and I have a running back need, I would still bid a decent amount for Jordan Wilkins because, again, I think there is a chance that he at least splits the work with Jonathan Taylor going forward. And he's been the more, I don't know, at times at least, he's been the more exciting back out of that backfield. If you don't have a running back need and you don't have Jonathan Taylor, I would probably stay out of this one and let somebody else take the headache that is going to be figuring out which Colts running back scores in a given week. Yeah. I mean, even if you're looking for, you know, a one week fill in this week, you know, Wilkins really isn't the guy because they they got Baltimore coming up. So he's not, he's probably not going to pop off like he did last week, but you know, after that, they get Tennessee, Green Bay, Tennessee, Houston, you know, it's just the schedule is so nice for them. You know, the Raiders, Houston again. So, you know, it's it's the type of thing where I just don't think, and I think kind of just the Jonathan Taylor thing is, I just don't think he's a, he's a no doubt about it, plug and play RB1 or RB2 anymore. I just think you got to kind of, I don't even know if I had to look at all my teams yet to do the lineups and all that, but I don't even know if Jonathan Taylor's a, a starter this week against, against Baltimore, depending on who I have. So, it's really hard, but yeah, if you got Jonathan Taylor, put in a bit on Wilkins, and and again, we've been telling people for weeks and weeks and weeks, any healthy handcuff running back or running back that has some sort of value, scoop them up and have them on your roster, anyways. Because I mean, we're going to talk about some other backfields in here in a second, where you know it's just any and any, anything goes. There's injuries, there's COVID issues, it's it's just crazy. Right. This is especially the time to start dropping the guys that. Or just aren't going to do anything for you. If you're not a Todd Gurley owner and you have, I don't know, Brian Hill, I guess, grab the the handcuff for the running back that is on your team to make sure that you're set the rest of the way. Beyond the Colts situation, we've got a goofy situation in Green Bay right now where Aaron Jones, we still don't know about. He's got the calf strain. We'll see if he's ready to play on Thursday night. Now Jamal Williams is going to be out because he's a close contact with A.J. Dillon. And I mean... If there weren't enough reasons for Green Bay to not draft A.J. Dillon to this point, now he's taken Jamal Williams out of a game for them. So what is there in the aftermath of of A.J. Dillon's COVID situation? Yeah, so nothing really. I mean, man, the, the thing is, just the running back situation there, uh, Aaron Jones, like the guy was ready to play three weeks ago. Like he didn't even want to miss the first game. And now we're going on, what, game three? of Aaron Jones, maybe not, not playing. It's just, it's unbelievable. I, I would think that they would lean towards 
pushing him to play because uh, they lost the rest of the running back room essentially. So, um, but if Aaron Jones do- doesn't play, we're looking at, yeah, Tyler Irvin and Dexter Williams. Now Dexter Williams, I look back this year and last year has zero fantasy. He doesn't have one fantasy point. I think he has 0.2 and 0.9 over the, over I think two total games last year. So um, he doesn't have a single fantasy point in, in one game. So, I mean, I don't know if I'm looking to even add Dexter Williams, probably not, definitely not for, for me because even if you just need a guy for this this week, I don't think he's going to do much of anything this week. And then obviously when Aaron Jones and all those other guys come back, so but Tyler Irvin's in, in, interesting. You know, he's 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 a pass catcher. He's got um, you know nine targets versus four carries, and he has looked. He's he's looked like he's had a little pep to his step this year. You know, he looks a little bit explosive. So again, he could be a guy that in the, in the passing game this, this this week. I think they have what San Francisco on Thursday. That's not a great matchup for for, for running backs as far as carries are concerned. But it could be a situation where. Um, where he gets some catches there. So, you know, Rodgers uh, does like to throw the ball. Williams has had a bunch of catches. Jones obviously has had, had a ton of uh, work in the passing game. So Irvin would be the guy that I would target. If I have Aaron Jones, and I do have Aaron Jones in a couple leagues, I'm definitely putting a bid in on, on Tyler Irvin just in case. I don't know if we'll find out before tomorrow night's waiver run if Jones is, is going to play. I'm counting on Jones playing, but I'm certainly putting in a waiver uh, bid for Irvin. And if I have in those leagues, I'm probably looking for maybe 10 to 15% maybe a little bit more to get Irvin just because again, we're playing week to week here now. So if I really need uh, uh, you know, a starting running back for this one, one week, Irvin, I think can put up points if Aaron Jones doesn't play. Yeah. So we will at least get a game status. You know, if it's questionable, then we won't know for sure whether Aaron Jones is going to play heading into Wednesday night waivers. I agree with what you said about that. I, I think the big takeaway overall for this situation is to not overbid on anybody involved and i think that when you say you know 15 to 20 percent to get tyler irvin if you're an aaron jones owner who might be in trouble if aaron jones doesn't play i mean that's not a large bid for a player when you're talking about week nine right 20 percent of what you have left you know it's not going to be a whole lot most likely and if it is then maybe you shouldn't be spending 20 percent. but i like tyler irvin as my first bet too I don't know what to make of Dexter Williams. Dexter Williams is the guy that's built more like a three-down back, but he has also let them down, apparently, in pass protection. The ESPN Green Bay Packers beat guy, Rob, and I'm forgetting his last name right now, he said that Dexter Williams has given them no reason to trust them so far. So I think that Dexter Williams is basically up because he's their option right now. Yeah, Irvin, I think, is the guy that I'm a little bit more willing to bet on because he can at least catch passes. He's a little, a little bit on the smaller side. So I don't think we should expect, you know, 15 carries from Tyler Irvin. But if he can carry eight times and catch five passes, that would be a terrific night for a fill-in running back in that scheme. Yeah. One one other guy, and I mean, part of projecting Dexter Williams is like, well, where do the carries go? Because they're going to run the ball sometimes. Sure. I think that they'll lean toward the pass. One other guy that could mix in a little bit is John Lovett. And he is a reserve tight end for them. He is also their fullback. So he's kind of that Kyle Juszczyk in their system. Yeah. And he has been active for most of the games this year. He was a running back in college. He carried the ball quite a bit in college. He, you know, can catch some passes. So I'm not saying pick up John Lovett to play him, but I'm saying if you're looking at this group and thinking, well, the carries have to go somewhere. So I'm going to bid on Dexter Williams. and I'm going to bid up a little bit because I think he's the guy. There's the chance for them to just spread a little bit of carries that they do around to these certain players. 
yeah, it's if you're looking to start Dex, Dexter Williams and get a goal line touchdown, you're probably not gonna, you know, if Aaron Rodgers gets down there, he's gonna run it in or he's gonna throw a, you know, a, a fade or a slant or something to one of one of his receivers or you know, Devontae Adams is gonna get everything. So um Dexter Williams, I certainly probably would not be targeting, but like like you said, if if you if you need a running back, Tyler Irvin could get you six, seven catches, and that that's certainly valuable. So yeah, and I hate giving those percentages out too, especially this time of the year, because it's like, you know, five percent if you've been waiting all year to spend your bid dollars, which would blow my mind this year because if all, with all the COVID issues, I mean, I don't know how anyone can be in that type of shape, but if you have $900 left, I'm not telling you to go spend 180 of them on Tyler Irvin. You know what I mean? But if you have a hundred left, what's five, what's five bucks or seven bucks or whatever to try to get these guys. But I will say, you know, I don't, the bid that'll probably get them. It depends on if you're the Aaron Jones owner or if the Aaron Jones owner really needs him or so, you know, I think the bid that's going to get him is probably anywhere between 50 to 110 probably be my guess. If Aaron Jones, if, if Aaron Jones is, is out, you know, mm-hmm. so again, we won't probably won't know for sure until game time on Thursday. Yeah, and we'll watch for reports on Dexter Williams. And by the way, it's Rob Domofsky, I just remembered, for ESPN. There you go. Um, It's available in 100% of ESPN leads, by the way. (laughs) I did like Dexter Williams coming out of college, but it doesn't seem like he has made the Packers uh, trust in him so far. So we'll see. You know, if we get some reports tomorrow, like Dexter Williams is going to be the starting running back and they're going to sprinkle in Tyler Irvin, then we'll change our thinking and, and we'll change our bidding heading into tomorrow night. But short of that, I agree with Tyler Irvin being the guy ahead of Dexter Williams and not overbidding on anybody in this situation. Another situation, though, that could be interesting over the next three weeks is the Miami backfield. And I heard first that the Dolphins traded for DeAndre Washington, and I was like, oh, that's kind of weird because I just read something earlier today about how they wanted to get Matt Breida involved more. And then found out that Miles Gaskin is about to head to IR and he's expecting us the next three weeks. So Adam, what are we doing with this Miami backfield now? Yeah, I'm definitely, if I'm looking to pick one of them up, um, I'm picking up Matt Breida. Matt Breida is owned in more main event leagues. So guys, I've, I've kind, kind of been smarter about holding on to him because he has the higher upside. But if I'm looking between Breida and Jordan Howard, um, I'm picking up Breida. Uh, I think he just, he's got better opportunity in the passing game. It's a situation to really avoid uh, in week nine, especially, but it's hard because Jordan Howard just, he hasn't, he hasn't done it this year. I don't, you know, and I and I don't understand. Like they traded to get to get Brita, and they just never really gave him the opportunity to get that work. But this might be his shot here. You know, um, I'm surprised Miles Gaston has survived as long as he has, being being as, being as small he is. But if you were waiting uh, on Brita, if you had him and you were waiting for this opportunity, then you know. Hopefully it will pay off for you. But if I had to decide between the two, Breeder or Jordan Howard, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Breeder, especially hearing that they were going to try to get him involved more. Yeah, it's pretty easily Breeder for me as well, because especially because he's the guy who can do it on fewer touches. And they have they have Arizona, they have the Chargers, they have the Broncos the next yeah. three weeks. None Not of those horrible. defenses are pushovers. They're all kind of middling. But yeah. Cardinals and Chargers are both – a little bit below league average in rush defense DVOA. So there's a chance that they can run the ball against that team. And again, Matt Breida is the guy with speed who is capable of, you know, breaking one play where even if he takes 10 carries for 11 yards and then has a 50 yarder on the other one, that ends up being a pretty solid rushing day. Also the better receiving back. So if Miami falls behind in any of these games, and especially with a rookie quarterback in there, they're going to be looking for those shorter passes. Breida is the upside guy here. So I would be bidding on him. I would be bid, yeah. I would be bidding more on Matt Breida than I would on anybody from Green Bay. And if I don't have Jonathan Taylor, I would probably be bidding more for Matt Breida than I would for Jordan Wilkins. DeAndre Washington 
is also somebody to consider. And I would probably go for him over Jordan Howard as well, because I mean, there's a reason that Miami traded for him as opposed to bringing in somebody else. Jordan Howard's been a healthy scratch for a couple of weeks now. Right. Exactly. I think the Dolphins are showing us that they're kind of disappointed in what they're getting for their, you know, admittedly minimal investment for Jordan Howard. Yeah, exactly. He's been, that's a great point. I forgot to mention that. He's been a healthy scratch. You know, they have, and they have Arizona and the Chargers coming up here, and they're both offenses that can put up big time points. So, again, it might be a situation where the Dolphins are playing for, from behind um, and have to, have to throw the ball. Uh, a little bit more now. The Dolphins' defense has been better than we expected. Even even recently, we we didn't know if we were if we believed at how good the Dolphins' defense was. But I think they're they are as good as kind of the, the numbers are saying. So um, you know, there's a chance that Arizona and, and the Chargers don't get out to too big of a lead. So that pass game work might not be there. But you know, with with the rookie quarterback, he he could throw them into into bad game script uh, for that offense. So so Brita might might be able to get some 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 catches there. He's so fast and explosive. I mean, Gailey has used before you know he used Fred Jackson used CJ Spiller in Buffalo and he, that's just one of his things so I'm just surprised that he hasn't um, been getting uh been getting Brita more involved but yeah Brita would certainly be the pickup for me yeah I've been surprised ever since they traded a draft pick for him that they did not get Matt Brita more involved and, and we're really just Miles Gaskin's been dominating the work so maybe it's the opportunity maybe Matt Brita shows them quickly what they should have been doing all along or maybe he just proves me wrong we saw Alfred Morris come out of hiding on Monday night but he's not the guy that we're going to talk about next. This is somebody who ha- was even less prominent than Alfred Morris and has been gone from our consciousness for a while. It's Deontay Foreman with the Titans. All Welcome back, baby. <laughs> I, you have to be there first for you to come back. though. <laughs> That's true. I, I, I was surprised. I didn't even know that he was even on an active roster, to be honest with you. And then I saw, you know, I was watching through everything on Sunday. I was like, holy cow, look at him. He's, he's, he's out there five five carries for 37 yards. And again, this is just a situation where don't spend, do not spend big, big money on him. See if you can sneak in a one or $2 bid. If you, if, if you have room, because if, you know, if, if Derrick Henry go, goes down, Foreman's kind of in that Derrick Henry build, you know, and they, they want to run the ball. So this is strictly a stash. If you've got room, if you've got time to wait or something like that, but, or if you're a Derrick Henry owner with some room, pick up Deontay Foreman. Uh, he looked pr- pr- pretty decent out, out there. Um, he's, he was coming back off that. I think it was an Achilles uh, tear. Um, so uh, it's taken him a while, but he could be back. And the word on the, you know, word is out there that he's looked great. He's been in great shape. The coaches have been, have been very happy with, with, with what he's been doing. So he's a, he's a little, little stash guy and maybe, you know, hopefully here Derek Henry doesn't go down because we can't take another injury. But um, if he does, Foreman's, Foreman's got a shot. Yeah, and that Achilles tear was like three years ago. I think. I know. <laughs> so, um, I've I've never had one. So I did have a. a we'll such a we'll never problem. get them, man. We're not. I've never pulled a hamstring. We're not world class athletes. Okay, like hey, I hurt my Achilles in high school football. Did World's you? Okay. Tear. All right. Tear. I came back after a few weeks. So uh, you just need to have a dad bod, and then you'll never <laughs> hurt a hamstring ever. Exactly. The key is the key is little movement. Right. That's right. So yeah, for me, Foreman's really a guy that I would only bid on if I'm a Derrick Henry owner. Darrington Evans is also eligible to come off IR soon. He went on IR on October 15th. So whatever three games from that is, he has a hamstring injury, so he should be back soon. But you know, even in that case, I think if Derrick Henry were to go down, we would probably see a work split between these guys because I don't think Darrington Evans is a, a backfield leader in that case. So if you are a Derrick Henry owner, you know, as Adam said, I would throw a few dollars out at Deontay Foreman. 
worst that happens is you dump him again in another week or two and grab the the other guy that we're talking about that everybody forgot played football. That's right. Over a wide receiver, Adam, is McCall Hardman actually on the waiver wires in any FFPC leagues? Yeah, main events. He got dropped qu- uh, quite a bit recently. Guys just sick of, you know, injuries hit and they're sick of waiting on McCall Hardman, you know. And there's those guys all over the place. It's, you know, it's Tony Pollard. It's just guys that – Guys that have just been, you've been sitting waiting for that week, and it finally happened for for, for Michael Hardman, seven for ninety six in the score, you know, on nine targets, and it's just one of those things where he's, you know, he's too good to just be on the waiver wire. You know, you just you got to pick him up, you got to stash him, um, and hope for, you know, if you don't have Tyree Kill, hope for a Tyree Kill injury. You know, so he's probably more of a Tyree Kill handcuff. Um, I know we thought that last year too, when Tyree Kill went down and Hardman didn't do a ton, but you know, he's a year older, a year wiser, a year better. Um, I think he's, I think he's got some, um, I think he's got some game there for sure. Even with Tyreek Hill, not, not going down. So it was the jets. I get it. Um, but he's talented and they look to go to him deep. You, you probably aren't going to want to start. Look, once Sammy Watkins comes back, you're, you're, you're not going to put him in your, in your lineup, but, um, you know, you, you could do worse if injuries hit and, uh, the chiefs get a nice, get a nice game down, down the stretch. You, you could start him, but I mean, he's more of a best ball guy, but he's just too good to be able to be on waivers. Yeah. I mean, this is the argument against drafting handcuffs in the range where you can draft starters still. And that's why I was against me call Hardman back at draft time is you needed somebody to go down. And even when Sammy Watkins went down, it's not me call Hardman just stepping immediately up. That did help him score the points against the jets, but we've seen this chief's offense be willing to spread it anywhere. I mean, even Clyde Edwards, Elaire, we can't count on him getting work every week, getting the touchdowns in this offense. That's explosive. So it's a problem of there being too many options, but I agree that Nicole Hardman is the kind of talent that you don't want to drop unless you absolutely need to. So if you have a spot this week and, you know, we talked about all these running backs. If you have a spot to play with somebody to drop that just got hurt and Nicole Hardman's out there, I would go ahead and grab Nicole Hardman over all those running backs unless you need somebody yeah. to start at running back for week nine, because Hardman's the guy that if you have those two flex spots in FFPC or football guys and you're trying to decide who to put there. You stash McCall Hardman in one of those spots because he could see three targets and catch two of them for 90 yards and two touchdowns. That's the guy that you have. You just stick him in there when you have nothing else and the matchup doesn't make sense and you just need somebody with some upside. That's where he fits. Yeah, I think um, and he doesn't even, they don't even have a great passing schedule, you know, coming up. Not that it matters. It's the Chiefs, but they have zero like really, really positive matchups. You know, they've got the, the Carolina is their toughest one coming up here uh this, this week but then they get the raiders the bucks the broncos the dolphins you know new orleans atlanta none of those are are, are passing games to really target uh so it's not like he's got some great schedule coming up but again it's just a it's just a handcuff you know if sammy Watkins goes down he's got a chance to blow up if tyree kill goes down he's got a chance to blow up so um yeah grab him and you know it might be something in the in the main event playoffs where you know he has that one big game for you yeah especially if Tyreek Hill goes down yeah on to the Patriots where Jacoby Myers stepped up against your Bills fortunately not quite enough to actually beat the Bills oh yeah that was, that was a close one yeah the Bills got lucky to pull that one out but <laughs> um but yeah Edelman and Harry are out Harry stinks um drop Harry in every single league dynasty everything <laughs> uh he's just he doesn't he doesn't get open he's not he's not athletic he's you know what whatever and Edelman I think they're probably gonna end up sh- shutting him down I think I mean he's old he doesn't he doesn't want to play for a team that's that that's losing like this. So I I wouldn't be surprised if he get shut down. So Jacoby Myers, there there is room there for him. 
Um, you know, he turned, he had 10 targets last week, six for 58. He turned in. Um, but again, the bill, the bill's pass defense stinks. So, um, but, but yeah, he's, you know, if he's the number one guy there, even the number two guy in a passing game where, where they are losing quite a bit, cause they're not very good, but no, I think they just traded for, for Ford, I think for Miami, um, Isaiah Ford. So they do have some more competition there, but it's gonna take Ford a while to, to really learn the offense. So, uh, so yeah, Myers is certainly worth, worth a pickup, maybe five, maybe 5% if you were looking for, for a receiver, but yeah, nothing to get too excited about. He's more of a, more of a target guy, more of the, he's going to pick up on the targets when they, when the receivers are out hurt. Yeah. I mean, he's the Julian Edelman handcuff. So yeah. Julian Edelman's out for at least a few weeks. So I think Jacoby Myers makes plenty of sense. He stepped into a good spot playing the slot at re- receiver has been the spot to beat the bills, to pick up some fantasy numbers in PPR leagues. So Jacoby Myers did it. He did it some last year too, as an undrafted rookie, he was a productive, you know, short range, high reception guy in college as well. Jacoby Myers is a solid buy. Don't overbid, as Adam said, but there's upside to him any given week, any week where Julian Edelman's out, and certainly any week where the passing matchup's good. And this week they have the Jets. So even if we don't like Jacoby Myers long-term, this week's a good week to pick him up and pop him into a a flex spot. Isaiah Ford, I'm less interested in. He seems to... I guess trading for him seems to be a reaction to Nikhil Harry's injury. And I haven't looked further into what Nikhil Harry's injury is for how long he's going to be out. But Isaiah Ford's more of an outside guy, I believe. I mean, I haven't checked his snaps because I'm just not interested in him at all in this garbage pass offense. But he his arrival doesn't scare me with uh, Jacoby Myers outlook. Yeah, me, me There's Yeah. So, I mean, if you were going to pick up Myers before, I wouldn't stray away from it. Yeah, he's got the Jets, and then he's got the Ravens, and but then he's got Houston. So he's got two really good matchups out of, the, out of these next three weeks. So, you know, who knows? He, he could be something. So, if like I said, if Edelman is out uh, for an extended period of time, which I think he is going to be, Myers is worth it. He, you know, he could almost stop. Uh, you know, it's one of those slot receivers that's going to get nine, ten targets a game and, you know, could pop in some some starting weeks for like a, like a Cole Beasley as Ben or, um, you know, like Edelman was before especially in this offense that or for this team that looks like it's going to keep falling behind opponents and picking up so i i misspoke on isaiah ford i just checked him he is more of a slot receiver so you know maybe there's some competition there but new england is a group of slot receivers at this point so i'm not even sure having isaiah ford i i don't know i guess we'll see you never really know with new england maybe they picked up isaiah ford because they think he's an improvement over jacoby myers I don't think that he is, so I guess we'll see what they do with him. Yeah, and again, you're putting in a small bid. If it doesn't work out, you just, just move on. And at the very least, they traded for him on Tuesday, so there's no lock that Isaiah Ford is even eligible to play by Sunday with all the COVID testing. Or yeah. Monday night is the game this week. Elsewhere, wide receiver, is LaVisca Chenault still available in FFPC leagues? Yeah, he was dropped in quite a bit of leagues last year. Or sorry, last week I saw. So yeah, LaVisca and Demarcus Robinson. I kind of brought those two guys up real quick because we've talked about them a bunch. Well, more probably more Demarcus Robinson because he's been a free agent more. But yeah, those are two guys that again I think are, are good enough to be to, to be rostered. They're not available in a ton of leagues, but who knows what's going to happen in Jacksonville with this with this quarterback issue that we have going on now? Maybe Lavisca gets more more carries out of the backfield. Maybe they run more wildcat with him. Maybe he lines up in the slot more and gets more of the short stuff with the new quarterback. Who you know? 
who knows? I just think he's too good. Coming out of a bye week, I could see them trying to get him more involved in the offense all around. And then Demarcus Robinson again, while while Sammy Watkins is out, he uh, you know, he had a great game two, two weeks ago. Uh, so I think he's, again, these, these Chiefs receivers are almost like, you know, like you, you just want to handcuff them all because when one goes down, the other one comes in and has, has a shot to do really well. Obviously, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey are the guys there, but, you know, it seems like I think this, this, this last week we had Hardman score the week before, you know, I think uh, Marcus Robinson scored the week before that. So, you know, these guys always have, have a chance to score when they're when they're playing on the, the Chiefs. So I think those are two guys definitely worth worth rostering. Yeah, I mean, if it's close, play a Chiefs receiver and he's got a good chance of getting into exactly. that. In Indy, there's opportunity. Marcus Johnson, Michael Pittman Jr. guys to consider adding. T.Y. Hilton got hurt. Ashton Doolin got hurt lately. So, I mean, they're dealing with things and nobody is a stud there. Nobody's going to give you numbers every week. But I think Marcus Johnson had the one big week before their bye against Cincinnati. Michael Pittman Jr. just came off of IR, so we'll see what the plan is for him. I would say between them, Michael Pittman Jr. is the guy that I would go after. Neither is a quick fix type if you're just looking for a week nine fill-in. I would not do that because they have Baltimore this week. If instead you're looking for somebody who maybe could help you later in the season, for me it's Pittman because they took him in early in the second round. Maybe they still envision a big early role for him. And I mean, he's competing against guys like Zach Pascal, Marcus Johnson, the ghost of T.Y. Hilton for targets. So there's opportunity for him. Yeah, I probably lean Marcus Johnson. He's averaging tw- around 20 yards a catch this year. Um, you know, he's he's been putting up catches downfield for him. He's looked really good. Um, Rivers is starting to show some trust in him. I just think that generally when you have a receiver, a rookie receiver that misses time like this, not a lot of um, work in the preseason. Then he misses time with with injury. It might take him time to get going here. But so for the immediate future, I would probably lean Mark Marcus Johnson. You know, they have Baltimore this week. I probably don't want to start him there. But then they got Tennessee, Green Bay. Green Bay, Green Bay is a really tough defense for fantasy wise for receivers, but I don't think it's tough because they're really good at defending the pass. I think it's tough because everyone can run all over them. So I wouldn't necessarily be be afraid of, of that matchup, but then you got Tennessee, Houston, which are really good matchups for receivers. So yeah, they got three, three or four of the next five matchups are really good for them. So um, yeah, Marcus Johnson worth, worth a pickup. You can probably get him for cheap because he didn't do much last week, but you know, again, he did average 20, around 20 yards of catch. So, so yeah, you can certainly look to add Mar- Marcus Johnson. I would lean Marcus Johnson over Pittman. Pittman's probably more talented and I, I could be wrong there but again you can you can add one or the other and if it doesn't work out um you can just just move on yeah worth noting too that Pittman was close to Marcus Johnson in playing time in his first game back off of IR and then uh, a couple more wide receivers to, to add Danny Amendola I think pops into view because Kenny Galladay looks like he's going to be out for at least a week probably at least two weeks we'll see beyond that Danny Amendola has not been very prominent in terms of targets and catchers this year but He's suddenly picking up a bunch of yards after the catch so far. The guy's gone over 50 receiving yards in three of the past four games, despite not catching more than three passes in any of those games. And Danny Amendola has always been like a, you know, nine or 10 yards per catch guy, only receptions. So maybe that'll disappear, but right now he's averaging 18 yards per catch for the season. So even if we only get four catches from Danny Amendola this week, and they've got Minnesota coming up, which has been a positive passing matchup this season. You know, it at least adds a little bit of pop to him versus the Amendola that we're used to. Yeah, I'm thinking four for 130 with that for Amendola this week. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's another guy, another another one of these slot guys that can get all this work done. And yeah, and without um, you know, without Galladay there, and you know, it was always funny because last week 
or the week, you know, week before Sunday, I was watching Gallant, and every catch he had was just jumping, diving, falling. Like, like this guy's gonna break his neck on one of these catches. And sure enough, the next week he busts his hip, like a like a, like a sixty five year old. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just think that uh, I, th- I think Gallant is in a contract year too. That's it's, it's too bad for him, but um, but yeah, not a ton of competition there. Obviously, M- Marvin Jones, who like you said, Matt isn't even the best Marvin on his own team. And, um, you know, so I think Amendola could certainly do some work there. Uh, I don't know if he'll average, you know, 19 yards of catch for the rest of the year, but, uh, but yeah, another, another could be a target hog there uh, for, for Matt Stafford. I would bet against him continuing to average seven more yards per carry than his career average or seven more yards per catch. Actually, that was a funny thing is at one point in his career, I think right after he finished with the Rams, Amendola was averaging more yards per carry than he was. Per catch. <laughs> That's um, right. One more name for me in the wide receiver section. I just wanted to check. Can you please tell me, Adam, that Jalen Rager is not available in FFPC leagues? I would hope not, but I will I will look him up for you right now. <laughs> That'd be a good one to find out because if Jalen Rager is available anywhere, and you know, we're talking about FFPC leagues in particular, but outside of that, Jalen Rager is a guy to pick up everywhere because Carson Wentz continues to try to throw the ball downfield to John Hightower. And that's probably the first time that you heard of John Hightower because those throws are consistently unsuccessful. And he was a lower level college player who has been pressed into duty because they just haven't had healthy receivers. Once Jalen Rager gets healthy, he should be much more frequently targeted downfield by Carson Wentz who insists on throwing the ball deep, no matter who is there. He does not care who the target is. He wants to throw the ball deep. Jalen Rager is their best bet to be that guy. And as he moves further beyond his stint on IR, which he just returned from this past week, he should see more of that. He should get more involved. He did score a touchdown his first game back, at least. Yeah, Rager's not not available. I, I didn't think he would be. But yeah, Wentz is just, yeah, he'll throw it deep to anybody. He, he doesn't care. So, you know, except for the tight ends. He's not going to throw to the tight ends deep, of course, naturally. But Goddard you know, back, he is now. Uh, he finally gets, he finally get some Dallas Goddard in our lives without Zach Ertz. And he sees like two targets, it's just so, <laughs> yeah, so good. especially after the buy. And you know, a good news when fans are allowed in mass back in Philadelphia, if you wear a green jersey into Lincoln Financial Field, you're likely to see a downfield pass from Carson Wentz. On to tight ends for the tight end premium leagues here. And the big news at tight end, obviously, is George Kittle going down probably for the season. So the Adam Schefter report said that he's supposed to be out for eight weeks, which is basically the rest of the season. And especially the way the Niners are going right now, San Francisco is going to have no reason to bring George Kittle back if he's ready to go eight weeks from now, because they're not going to be in the playoffs unless miracles happen between now and then. Of course, Kyle Shanahan said today that the doctor said eight weeks. George Kittle says two weeks. I don't think George Kittle's a doctor. I'm going to go ahead and trust what the doctors are saying. I'm going to assume that he's out for long term. I guess I'm a little uneasy because of the IR rules this year where putting him on IR means that he could return at any point. And who knows at some point if if George Kittle's out for like four or five weeks and then all of a sudden we hear that he's ready to come back. Then if you're sitting in a tight end premium league, obviously somebody in your league is going to bid everything they have to get him. So I guess... If I can stash Kittle for now, I probably couldn't that kind of format. If it's not tight end premium, I'm probably tossing him out there. Yeah, it's hard with with deciding what to do with Kittle. Yeah, so I think in the main event after week 10, I think once you drop a guy on week 10, he can't be picked up for the rest of the year. So I think 
Um, you could technically decide on week 10 and then you don't have to worry about anyone else getting him. Uh, but, but look into that, look into those rules. I think that's, that, that's pretty much it. But yeah, I mean, it's just going to be so hard to know what to do with Kittle. I'm probably going to, I don't have him in any main events, thank God, but I, but I have him in some football guys and I'm probably going to hold him. But if, you know, even if I do, or if I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to pick up Jordan Reed here too. So Reed had, you know, 27 and a half tight end premium fantasy points. It, it was against the Jets week two. Um, but I think that was the only week we really played a full game. I think, um, I can't remember, was, was Kittle active week? one because i know he was hurt earlier in the, in the year but i think i think he was active week week one yeah, um, yeah so reed didn't have a full game there and then reed got hurt week three so he had that week two where he had 27 and a half points so he's shown the ability to be able to score points still so reed is certainly worth a pickup in the leagues where i have kittle i'm definitely looking to pick up J- jordan reed and he's a guy that at this point in the year i'll spend um a good part of my budget to, to, to get him because now so i looked and i have a couple i have a couple football guys leagues where i have kittle where i'm in really good shape like the rest of my team is is really good and i'm doing really well and this kittle thing could you know could cost me a lot of money so it's a situation where i'm like i'm willing to just go ahead go all in on a situation like jordan reed cross my fingers that he stays healthy for a couple weeks and puts up big points for me so if i have kittle i'm, I'm spending the money to get to, to get jordan reed he might not be available this this week but the weeks following uh, he he could be he could be big time. He's probably going to get hurt again because he's Jordan Reed. But uh, it's it's a shot I'm willing to take. And then Ross Dwelly, you know, Dwelly scored a little last week. Dwelly played uh, last year admirably. Had 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 some games. I think he scored. Uh, I think he had a game on primetime last year where he scored twice. Um, so Dwelly is worth a worth a pickup. Maybe if you can sneak in a Jordan Reed Ross Dwelly stack in there, just so you've got. Uh, I'm not starting both of them, but just so you have both of them. So, you know, when, you know, when one plays, you start them. And then if the other one gets hurt, you start the other one. So uh, desperate times call for desperate measures, especially at the tight end position this year, which just been, this was supposed to be the the year, the year for the tight end. And uh, I know that sounds gross, but uh, that's not, it hasn't been that. So um, yeah, it's just, it's to the point where we're talking about adding Ross Dwelly to our lineups, unfortunately. So pretty early on, but yeah, Ross Dwelly, three straight games last year, three straight starts. He, he started more than three games in a row, but there were three straight starts where he had four, three and four catches had the two touchdowns, as you mentioned in that one. He's a short yardage guy, though. None of his games reached 30 yards last year. His touchdown last week was his only catch among four targets against a Seattle team that was missing Jamal Adams still. So uh, to me, Ross Dwelly is an if you need him type of uh, addition. I agree with you bidding up for Jordan Reed, especially in tight end premium, and especially if you just lost George Kittle and you don't have somebody else to plug into that spot because Jordan Reed, you know, it was one game, so maybe we're overrating that and he's going to be like Drew Sample going forward. But at this point, how much is there to really bet on, especially at tight end? It's an ugly position. Jordan Reed's in a spot where they need the tight end to be prominent in the pass offense. We'll see where it goes in San Francisco, but I agree with Jordan Reed being the high upside guy here. Ross Dwelly, I would only pick up if I need somebody for this week and Jordan Reed is not going to play. You know, we'll get a game status again on him. Uh, like we said with Aaron Jones heading into Wednesday night before waivers for leagues such as FFPC. So we'll know at least what the chances are of Jordan Reed playing is. But yeah, I, I would lead with Reed, consider Dwelly as a fill-in. Um, do we have anybody else at this position that we're looking at at this point? No, I think I think, I think that was it. And, and to kind of go back to Kittle too, like I, I think you're right. I think I think they're going to end up shut, shutting him down. I mean, the guy plays like a maniac. Like if they get to week 14 and he's still not back and they're out of playoff contention, I don't think they're going to bring Kittle back. I mean, the guy he just can't help him. He like he needs to embarrass every defensive end that he tries to block. He, you know, he thinks he's an all 
pro left tackle, which he probably is, but like you don't need to embarrass everybody that you, that you try to block. You know what I mean? Be be Travis Kelsey. Get out there. Be finesse. Score score fantasy points. But so I think you know he's going to be injured. He was injured a bunch last year. And this is going to be one of these guys where he's just going to continue to stay injured um, until he stops uh, trying to be an all pro level left tackle. Yeah. Is somebody like Albert Okwegbunum for the Broncos, is he owned everywhere in FFPC leagues at this point? I don't think I don't I don't think he is. Um do you do you think he's worth he's worth a pickup? I mean, if you're in the position where you're looking at Ross Dwelly and you're like, oh, you look pretty good this week, Ross, I think I might go for Albert O first because they're a pretty shallow wide receiver, and I think there's room for Albert O to stay involved even after Noah Fant is back to full health. I do think that that Albert O is helped right now by Noah Fant being still a little dinged up and not playing at 100%. But I also think that there's room for it to be like a Zach Ertz, uh, Dallas Goddard situation. You know, I, I guess not that. I guess it's more like uh, it's closer to a Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith situation from last year because I don't want to overplay the upside on these two. But, you know, in a spot where you have two flexes and it's tight end premium, uh, there's a chance Albert O could be like a three to four catch a weak guy down the stretch this season. Alberto is, is available into some leagues. So yeah, if, if, if that's exactly. So if he's a guy that you're looking for, or a guy that you might need, you know, it's just so hard with it's, it's gotten to the point where we're, where we're taking, you know, one B tight ends now, okay. uh, you know, Harrison Bryant's available. Mo Ali Cox is available. Jack Doyle's available. Like all these guys, like, you know, but at, at, at this point we're kind of, you know, we are trying to get by week to be, but we're also trying to look for look for some upside here too. Where I think Jordan Reed uh, offers a ton of that of that upside if he could stay healthy. Yeah, I definitely agree on Jordan Reed as the upside guy among this group, and and I will throw out Richard Rogers. Now that Dallas Goddard is back and the Eagles have a bye this week, maybe Richard Rogers hits some waiver wires in those tight end premium leagues. Now, I do think that there's room for both Dallas Goddard and Richard Rogers to be viable players there. Certainly Dallas Goddard coming back lowers the ceiling for Richard Rogers, and it's quite possible that he does not help you going forward. But if you're in a position where you really need a tight end or there's just nothing else attractive and you are in a tight end premium league, there, I think there's room for Richard Rodgers to, to, again, be a three to four catch a game guy going forward, even with Goddard around. Yeah, he, he's he's available in leagues as well. Well, there you go. That'll do it for this edition of the podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now. Check out our full free agent focus articles for both offense and defense, plus our updated rest of the season rankings. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Adam is at Adam underscore Krautwurst. I am at ShaufDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Adam Krautwurst and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Shafstan. Thanks so much for swimming with us.